2: I'm
3: alright Tom, how are you? Hey lucky day (laughs) Mr. Sumner Ciao Tom, how are you today? That's a good (laughs) question (laughs) Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pote and you're listening to the Tom Snyder uh, Tom Smothers, Uh, I mean I'm sorry, what's his name? Sumner The Tom Sumner Program Good morning Tom, how are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right
0: The Tom Sumner Program Old Fashioned Radio For a New Generation
3: This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. After some technical difficulties, we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour, known as the Tom Sumner Program, and uh, pick up where we left off, talking to candidates from the uh, 8th Ward running for the uh, seat on the Flint City Council, that, that primary being held August Third, and joining me now by phone is one of the challengers in that uh, in that particular ward, Thomas Ross. Thomas, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I appreciate you for having me on. Thank you.
3: Um, Thomas I I start all my conversations with candidates for the Flint City Council with some variation of this question with the reputation the City Council has for meetings that run into the wee hours of the morning and often don't complete the uh, the agenda don't get things done uh, by the deadline sometimes um why would you want to run for the Flint City Council well (laughs) your friends um, and family think you're a little bit crazy
2: I mean, no. Um, actually, friends and family were actually proud and you know to have me uh, run um, over the last you know several years, probably going back you know at least the last decade or so, eight to ten years. Um, I've seen a steady decline in Flint, and not just in the eighth ward, but all across Flint as a whole. Um, and I just didn't see things getting done the necessary things are getting done um and as a resident of flint and being able to talk to neighbors and you know just very various residents throughout the city of flint um you know i realized that a lot of the issues that we face are very similar um and so after thinking about it and uh kind of going over and just watching the state decline i made a decision um that i was going to run because i felt like i had the opportunity to make a difference um I'm only one person, but I feel like for the eighth ward, um, I'm the most qualified and the best person um, to bring about the necessary changes that the residents have been talking about now for some time. Um, And I believe it's going to take a collective group on city council to really bring about the changes that we need.
3: Well, let's let's get into that a little bit. have you run for office before? What are, what are your uh, qualifications, your background, and, and what do you bring to the table if elected?
2: This is going to be my first time running for public office. Um, I'm a graduate from the University of Michigan. Um, actually, have my master's degree from the University of Michigan as well. Um, and although I've never ran for public office specifically, being a resident of Flint and just being able to talk with residents resident and know what the, the issues are on a firsthand basis Um, the qualifications for city council are, you know, are not rocket science. Um, and having, um, you know, a good heart, um, certainly, certainly certain qualifications matter. Um, an understanding of city council as a whole matters, um, knowing the charter matters, um being having a relationship with your constituents matters, but it doesn't take, you know, a specific degree or a specific uh you know, job qualification um to to run for city council. I think the best, you know, candidates a lot of times for city council are your average everyday uh Flint residents, to be honest. The people who are on the ground every day dealing with these issues, such as not having our trash picked up, such as the water crisis. People who have dealt with those specific issues are the most qualified people to go in and say, hey, these are what the needs are, and these are what we can do to fix these things.
3: How are you campaigning for this? It's, uh, the, the election is coming up um, August 3rd. It's a little less than two weeks away. Are you knocking on doors? Are you talking to people, and, and what are you hearing from them as the things that they're most interested in?
2: My approach has been very grassroots. Um, Like from the very beginning, it was just going door to door, literally going door to door, um, talk to residents. Um, Sometimes you get turned away. Sometimes residents um, don't answer the door. Um, But I had a lot of good experiences where people were actually glad to see that the person running was actually the one knocking on the door, not somebody who they had maybe working for them. Um, So it's been going door to door every day talking with residents, um, listening to the stories, getting to know them on like just a more personable uh, level, um, letting them see your face. Um, I think residents really appreciate when they can actually physically see the person um, that's wanting to represent them.
3: What are they telling you are their concerns?
2: A lot of the, the concerns that I hear is crime, blight, um, and even um, certain economic um, issues, um, such as, you know, a lot. we have a lot of entrepreneurs um, in the city of Flint. A lot of people who have a business background in the city of Flint who want to open up businesses, um, but there's certain obstacles that, you know, that don't allow uh, them to open up businesses. Uh, crime and blight is certainly on the rise throughout throughout the entire city of Flint, everywhere. Um, I don't think in 8th Ward... We have we have crime in the eighth ward, but I think the crime in the eighth ward is different from the crime maybe in the first or second ward. Um, I think in the first ward um, they deal with a lot of a lot of more serious crimes such as murder, or robbery, that sort of thing. The eighth ward we deal with more of like a drug issue. Um, you know, sometimes you got you know breaking in cars, uh, breaking into you know abandoned homes. Um, you know the. Speeders throughout the city, people people speeding, uh, running through stop signs, that sort of thing is what we face um, as far as crime um, in the 8th Ward. And then blight, you know, Finn Road and um, Corona Road, I consider like the business district of the 8th Ward. Um, and we have a lot of buildings that were at one time businesses, but they're no longer um, operating, um, I would personally like to see a lot of those business, those buildings um, tore down, and given new opportunity for new businesses to come in and open up on Finn Road and Corner Road and throughout the eighth ward.
3: Chief uh, Flint Police Chief uh, Green just recently suggested uh, trying an experiment for three months with a, a leased helicopter patrolling the city of Flint. Do you think that's a good idea?
2: I think, you know, having a helicopter is a good idea. Um, I think at this present moment though, um, at this specific moment as of today, I think we need officers. Hello? I think the helicopter is a good idea, but I think at this present moment, we need need to hire more officers. We need boots on the ground to effectively um, bring about the change. But the helicopter is going to be a very, very valuable asset to the Flint Police Department. It's definitely something that we need. But I think at this present time, to bring about to bring down the gun violence and things of that nature, um, we need more police officers on the ground.
3: Also in the news recently, the Flint City Council, uh, or, or the City of Flint rather, um, had their contract for uh, trash pickup with Republic run out and negotiations to establish a new contract broke down. They ended up with a uh, 90 day uh, temporary agreement with Republic and now it looks like Republic may not want the gig so others are bidding on the job but several candidates for city council have suggested they think trash pickup is something that the city of Flint should do in-house um even if it's not something that can be done right away but but over the long haul um who do you think should be picking up the trash in the city of flint
2: i believe that the sanitation department trash picked up should be done in-house um at this time we obviously are not able to do that and we're getting ready to have a new um company come in to do the trash but I think we can use this time while they're picking up the trash to make sure that when their contract is up, that we can hit the ground running with our own sanitation department. I would like to see us, during the time span that this company is going to be picking up our trash, I would like to see us start buying our own garbage trucks, Um, start putting a candidate list together of people who want to work in the sanitation department, who want to be a part of the picking up the trash and the recyclables, Um, so that way when this contract with whoever this new company that city council chooses to pick up the trash once their contract up we can then hit the ground running um i don't think in the long run continuing to outsource our jobs to other companies i don't think it's very beneficial to us in the long run i think as a city we stand um better to do our own um garbage and trash pickups especially in the long run we obviously can't do that at this present moment um but i think have a uh, very valuable opportunity while this company is doing the trash, whichever company it is, um, to start getting our garbage trucks, to start getting a candidate list of people who want to work for the garbage company to be able to um, hit the ground running when this new contract is up. The um, city of
3: Flint has gone through uh, some really, really tough times for the last few decades, starting with job loss, which led to The city losing revenue that led to emergency managers. We ended up with a Flint water crisis and then the pandemic. The history of Flint is one of uh, uh, big changes at various times in its history. And and on several occasions, it's been a comeback city. Do you think it can be a comeback city again? And how does that happen and what does it look like?
2: I absolutely believe Flint can be a comeback city. I think Flint, as it presently sets, has the groundwork to be able to be one of the most thriving cities throughout Michigan, um, with the universities, with Bishop International Airport, with the, the General Motors companies here, the Lear company that's here. Um, we have the groundwork here to be able to be a thriving company. Um, I think one of the ways we do that is we start giving more opportunity to local entrepreneurs is one of the ways we do that. We start making it more accessible for Flint residents to start owning and operating their business here. Um, one of the ways we do that is we start, we stop outsourcing so many of our um, jobs at the city of Flint, such as like trash pickup. We got to bring those jobs back in house. Um, we have so many opportunities here in the city of Flint. I don't think we're utilizing all of them, And we were we were pretty messed up um, when General Motors left. It, it really left us in a in a bad way, and I don't think we ever really truly had anything in place to replace General Motors when they really went down. Um, we're in a new time and age; technology is really taking over. Um, I think we got to get really in innovative and kind of think outside the box, um, according to the time that we're living in now, and start bringing in jobs that are in accordance with where we with the time we're in right now. I know we have, with an engineering company uh, school like Kettering here. There's a lot of, lot of those, those students have the ability to come in here and start opening up um, technology businesses here in the city of Flint. I would love to see more um, technology businesses here in the city of Flint uh, and help move us forward into the future. Uh, We really do have the groundwork here in the city of Flint to thrive again in a major way, like we did when General Motors was here. Um, It's just going to be in a different way. Thomas,
3: uh, we just we're just about out of time, and I want to thank you okay. for spending some time with me this morning. But also yes. give you a quick opportunity in about thirty seconds to let people know where they can find out more about you and your campaign.
2: Well, first, want to thank you, Tom, for having me on here. Um, despite the technical difficulty, I appreciate this opportunity. Um, you do a great job with your program um, to Eighth Ward residents and Flint residents alike. Uh, I'm on Facebook. You can look me up at Thomas Ross, or you can look me up at Thomas Ross, Thomas Ross 8th Ward, City Council. Um, ask that all voters throughout the city of Flint get out on August 3rd, vote. It's an important election. Find the candidates that you feel best represent you, whoever that is, and vote for them. We got to show up and show out in a big way on August 3rd so we can make sure that we bring about the change that is necessary for the whole city of Flint, not just specific Ward's but the whole entire city of Flint. And Tom, Thanks. I thank you for this opportunity. Thanks. Good luck.
1: Hello darling. This
2: thank is you. Elvira
1: Mistress of the Dark with Tom Sumner.
7: Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection.
2: Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
3: Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation with candidates for the Flint City Council. Today we're uh, focused on the 8th Ward, and uh, joining me uh, now by phone is one of the challengers uh, in that uh, contest, which will be decided August 3rd. Dennis Pfeiffer joins me by phone. Hi, Dennis. Welcome to the show. Hey, Tom. How are you? Good. Um, Dennis, I've been... uh, talking to all of the candidates that are running for the the wards that will be on the ballot uh, august 3rd and i've been starting the conversations with this uh, or some variation of it with the reputation the flint city council has for meetings that stretch into the wee hours of the morning and often don't complete the uh, the agendas or or uh, decisions that aren't made by the time the, the deadline runs out, uh, why would you want to run for city
6: council? Well, I'm running to uh, to change that and to change that mindset and to change that uh, that feeling that the residents have of of disappointment with the city council. Um, I think one of our issues is we don't have we don't have enough leadership on city council, and you know leaders tend to set the example. They set the the path they set the decorum and unfortunately we don't have that um so i'm running to hopefully change that and move the city forward i think that um we're we're looking at hard times ahead of us and like many of the residents uh they haven't given up so uh i'm not giving up on on the residents and we we need to move the city forward do you think one person
3: uh can make a difference in the behavior of, uh, uh, their colleagues on a, on a board like the city council and, and make a difference in, in the behavior of their colleagues?
6: Well, I do. I think that, you know, leaders lead and, and disruptive people tend to don't have policies or they don't have good ideas. So they'd rather disrupt and, um, put an agenda out there that doesn't help the people doesn't help their constituents i think one of our issues that we've had in the past year is constituents can't face their elected officials and i one of the you know if we can if we can get on an airplane a full airplane and fly around the world today why can't we open our meetings back up why can't we have accountability in our council the constituents need to be able to face their elected officials and until they the elected officials have accountability they're going to run rampant over the meetings they're going to not make any progress in the city
3: Dennis, the um, you mentioned that there were hard times ahead. And if you look back at the history of Flint going back 100 plus years, there have been times when Flint had to reinvent itself and become a comeback city. The last few decades have been especially tough for Flint with job loss, which led to declining city revenue, which led to emergency managers, which led to the Flint water crisis, and then the pandemic. Um do you think Flint can be a comeback city, and how do they? How how would the city go about doing that? What would it look like?
6: So it's going to look like. First and foremost, we have to fix our housing and crime problem. And we have a we have a wonderful city. We have many resources. We have many talented people. We have many hardworking people in the city. Um, first and foremost, we have to figure out how to. The students that are attending these colleges. We have Kettering, we have U of M, we have Michigan State, we have Mott. All of these young folks are looking for opportunity. They are looking for jobs. We need to make sure that we're doing everything we can to create a prosperous area so that these folks stay. A lot of them um, aren't necessarily from the area or live in the area now, but until we create a safe environment for people to live in until we create a you know a a thriving economy until we do all of those things people aren't going to stay um one of the one of the things that we have is we have an abundance of industrial land why aren't we out there selling that across the nation of you know what we have we have a workforce that is you know industrial trained we have land we have buildings we have all of these opportunities and nobody is out there from the administration pushing these opportunities to bring more businesses in you know and to that point we people who actually live in the city are being punished for working in the city you know one of the issues is all of our all of our jobs in the city are mostly from out county you know, whether it be Grand Blanc or Davis, and all of, those, all of our jobs are from mostly people that live out county, And those, pe- those people pay You mean, taxes. You mean the
3: jobs that jobs that people do in the city of Flint are being done by people who
6: don't live in Flint? For the most part, yes. And those people are paying less taxes than people who actually work in the city and want to help the city. Um, I don't know if you know, Tom, but residents who work in the city pay 1% tax. People who just work in a city and don't live in a city only pay a half percent tax. So there's actually a disincentive for local residents to actually work in the city. Dane Walling, when uh,
3: he was mayor, was advocating for raising the uh, out-county the tax on out-county workers that,
6: that came into Flint to work. Would you favor something like that? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to raise taxes, and I don't want to disincentivize businesses. So we, I, I would be, I would be for lowering the taxes for actual residents to maybe three quarters of a percent, and then raising for out county. So it's on a level playing field. I don't feel like the residents should be punished if they if they work in the city.
3: Punished if they work and live in the city. Um, Dennis, the, the city council recently went through uh, uh, a situation with the uh, waste collection, trash collection. The contract with Republic expired and uh, negotiations broke down. A new contract was not um, developed and, and subsequently ended up with a short-term 90-day uh, contract and putting the thing out for bids, and now it looks like Republic doesn't even want the gig. A lot of the candidates for city council that I've talked to favor bringing trash collection in-house, if not short-term, long-term. Um, who do you think should be
6: collecting the trash in the city of Flint? Well, I think it should be it should be the lowest effective company or People, if if, if it's it's in house, Um, we have to look at it, and I don't know that anybody's done the study, but you know, I think it cost us less money uh, in the short term to have our folks do it, especially when um, Williamson was in in office. However, I don't think that anybody is looking at our short or our long term legacy costs, and uh, it it may cost us a dollar today, but it's also going to cost us a dollar down the road. One of our budget problems is our pension and our legacy cost. We are paying over 50% of our general fund budget every year to legacy costs and pensions. And until we get that under wraps, we can't entertain hiring anybody to fix the city. And for the most part, name me a department in the city that runs effective. And And to say that we're gonna hire and bring on more employees and open another division or expand one of our other divisions to incorporate trash when none of our uh, administration's offices run effectively. So we have to have a full-blown, clean the house, let's fix the problem, and let's get uh, what we currently have operating in an efficient manner so that the residents of the city of Flint actually feel pride and know that the people that are hired or elected are actually doing what they're supposed to do to move the city forward and to make the residents' lives better, to make visitors better. I know that, uh, um, you know, our, our current councilman, he doesn't even live in the in the ward. So I think that we first and foremost have to get representation for the people in each ward.
3: Another thing that came up in the news uh, recently, and and you mentioned crime, uh, Flint Police Chief Green. Uh, suggested uh, a, a an experiment with um, uh, a 90day experiment with um, using uh, a leased helicopter to patrol the city of Flint what
6: did you think of that idea well I think it's a it's an idea um, I would say no uh, the simple fact of is you're taking a you're taking a patrol officer off the street, and you're also taking potential dollars away from hiring additional additional uh, officers. Um, we have a crime problem, and I don't necessarily think that we're going to get um, a more rapid response or, you know, deter crime if we have somebody flying in the air for one shift a few nights a week like that. The amount of money that that would cost would be better spent elsewhere and you know it's it's funny that the i listened to the uh the current councilman speaker earlier and he said no he didn't want it either but he also voted down a four million dollars public safety from the stimulus funds so you can't defund the police with that vote and yet think that we need more police on the force how are you
3: getting the word out and, and campaigning uh, in the wake of the pandemic? Are, are you going door to door? How, how is that process working for you? Have
6: you run before? I have not run before. Um, it's, it's a, it's a process. Um, I've, I'm not a political person by nature. I'm not a politician. So yes, I am going to door to door. I am speaking with constituents. Um, you know, it, For the most part, it's fairly easy because there's a lot of people engaged and there's a lot of people disappointed in the current councilman. There's, if they're, they're, everybody has said, well, nobody wants to come to the door. That's not true because if the people are engaged, they want to talk. They want to see results. Um, I'm doing mailers. I've sent out multiple mailers, um, going door to door and doing as much media as possible to get the to get the word out there to get more people engaged um you know i do appreciate you having me on and, and furthermore in a more broader sense i appreciate you having all of the people on just for the you know the more people engaged the more ideas we have the more uh the more opportunity we have to fix the city
3: Dennis um what's what's your background what if if elected what what do you bring to the table
6: so i'm a director at an inter- at a billion dollar international company right now and i'm and i deal with you know people of all facets facets of life i deal with you know contracts i deal with million dollar budgets every week um i bring the i bring the leadership that we need as a city we need uh, we need ideas we need more than ideas. We need execution. We need follow-up. We need accountability. Um, I'm hoping to bring all of those to a new uh, a new day in city council because we all know that we need change. Um, there's not one person in city council that brings the, the ideas and the execution and the real life, um, the real life opportunities and in the experience that i do um I, i'm looking to you know fix our communities i'm looking to to actually expand our city i know the blight is a big issue in tearing down houses but until we turn the corner and actually stop tearing down houses and start rebuilding that's what we need to look at uh,
3: dennis the um do you think that the city of Flint will ever be able to right-size itself and pay its own way without state and federal assistance and grant dollars?
6: I would like to say yes. Um, I think the, the revenue sharing from, from the state will, all, uh, will always be um, part of our, our, our needs. Um, I think that that's not going away. I think grants are short-term, short-term thinking. Um, We need to be, uh, somebody mentioned a few days ago, well, we need to hire a grant writer. Grants are great, but they're short-term thinking. What we need to do is we need to expand our city. We need to expand the tax base. We need to work on increasing property values, increasing uh, business opportunities. When we increase business opportunities, have more jobs in the city, when we Increased property values. Increased property values bring more tax revenue, which which expand the opportunities for the, the amount of services, the quality of services um, that the residents need and deserve. Um, there's there's a lot of different opportunities that are being squandered. And, you know, the, the land bank. Um, I don't know that anybody's mentioned the land bank. The land bank owns... Just on just the 8th Ward, they own 8% of the properties. While, you know, that number is in the 600, 600 residential properties that they own, they currently only, or only have for sale 30 of those properties. They are holding properties ransom so that we can increase tax base, so we can increase people living in the city. I think first and foremost, or maybe not first and foremost, but that needs to be addressed. There needs to be top down uh, an investigation or accountability to what the land bank is doing to the city and and I suspect that
3: eight percent figure is low compared to some other wards in the city
6: that is true um, I think other wards they they're, they're doing in an even worse job. Um or our word, they have seventy one houses scheduled to be demoed. But they're not demoing them. They're not demoing them and that's what that's decreasing the value of every house around those houses that are scheduled to be demoed. So what does that do? That kills the city's revenue. So the land bank is a Failed concept. It was good in idea, however, execution has been failed, and it is hurting every resident of the city of Flint. And there is no accountability whatsoever. Do you think the
3: uh, I don't know the the interests and concerns of the constituents in the eighth ward are different than the the constituents in the second ward or the fifth ward?
6: Well, I think on some issues they are, but for the most part, um, everybody wants a clean, safe neighborhood. Everybody wants, you know, to walk down the street and feel safe. They want clean water. I think for the most part, we are a unified community in those and not necessarily, there may be, you know, neighborhood neighborhood issues that differ from ward to ward, but for the most part, we're a unified community. We want you know, we all everybody's a hard working person. You know, most, most people are around here grew up here and they've been through the, the ups and downs, the ebbs and lows of the neighborhoods and, and the the area in general. And I think for the most part they are all unified that we're going down a wrong path. And everybody's looking for a leader or someone to up the to uh upright the ship and to actually be proud of their city you know some of the constituents i've i've talked to um especially in the the south side over um on the south of atherton road of the eighth ward um they're they're an older community you know there's obviously lots of young people but the older community are like i don't feel safe having my grandkids over like it's embarrassing that they got to drive by four burned down houses and you know 10 boarded-up houses to come to their grandparents. So they're more unified than they are divided as far as the issues throughout the city.
3: Uh, my guest is Dennis Pfeiffer. He's a candidate for uh, a seat on the Flint City Council in the 8th Ward. That primary election is coming up uh, August 3rd. It's just uh, a little less than uh, two weeks away. Uh, Dennis, how can people find out more about you and, and your platform, your campaign and your work, past, present and
6: future do you have a website? Sure, sure. Um, my website is, doesn't have my name on it because it's not about me, it's about, fixing, it's about fixing the city, it's about moving the, the city forward and you can find all of my information on fixflint.com um, you can reach out to me, there's, a, there's a, uh, a comment section you can send me a note you can send me an email Um, You can request a yard sign. Um, I'm driving everything through that so that there's engagement. I think that uh, the more people that we have engaged, um, the better. Whether or not it's it's me that gets elected or someone else, I just want that people stay engaged and hold their people accountable, their representatives accountable.
3: Dennis, I appreciate you spending this time with me and and sharing your thoughts with me and the listeners uh, this morning. Um, and, uh, I, I guess I'll say, uh, good luck and keep up the good work, but we've got a couple of minutes left before the break. And I thought I'd give you an opportunity to, to share any final thoughts.
6: Sure. Um, I think, you know, what we are is, is we have a, we have a lot of engagement. We have a lot of people in the city that are frustrated and, you know, there's, there's, horrible decorum, there's, unciv- you know, people uncivil in the city council, we have to get to a place where everyone is equally represented by the people that live in their community. Um, we have to get to a, a unified place and a place of civility. We have to improve our neighborhoods we have to get our schools upright. there is a lot of young youth in the city that are disappointed with the schools beyond this election until we get schools fixed we are not going to attract families and bring the city to a, to the next level um, there's a there's a lot of, of discomfort in the city about light um, Blight may be more of an issue in the eighth ward than crime, but until we fix and if we don't fix blight, crime is going to be more rampant than and it's going to come faster than we can slow it down. We have to uh, we have to move in a new direction. And unfortunately, you know, when our current councilman doesn't even live in the ward, he gets. I've spoken to many different people and. When he tells them or when they call him with an issue, they defer to somebody else because he tells them that they don't live in their ward. They don't don't live into the ward that he represents. We have to get the city in a proper place where we can stop relying on, you know, grants and free money and and wishful thinking from the government Um, without where would we be at right now? what conversations will we be having about the budget? And, you know, we're having conversations about this $94 million, about this, the corona money, when we should be talking about the budget that was just passed. The budget that was just passed was, uh, you know, air quotes, a balanced budget. But it's not. You, we took $17 million out of our rainy, rainy, rainy day fund, if you will, and killed it for the next two years. Well, Dennis... In the next budget process, we are going to be even worse off than we are
3: today. Well, we're going to have to end it there, but Dennis, thank you so much, and good luck to you. Thank you, Tom. Dennis Pfeiffer. Hey! (laughs) This is The Unknown
2: Comic, and guess what? You're listening to The Tom Sumner Show right now! And now, and now, too, and even now.
5: Joe Vi
8: from the Blue Line, Dan
1: Sterling.
8: Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Jonah Napode. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow.
6: State
2: Senator Jim Annonic, comedian Brian McCree.
6: The unknown comic
2: Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You you've always got great questions and you know the material and you and you care about it, and it's uh, it's that's impressive.
8: Nice to be with you, Tom. And
2: I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all
7: Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported.
8: Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org.
4: Told me you were back and still out of the What while Mary's doing fine, although she had a. Change
3: That wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. My apologies uh, to people listening to the live show uh, this morning. We had uh, an internet problem that knocked the whole studio offline for the second hour of the show. And my apologies to uh, Eighth Ward city candidate, William C. Harris, who was scheduled during that time. And um, I'll I'll try and do a make good with him and uh, try and make some repairs to the show so that uh, it'll be a complete show in uh, repeats and, um, uh, you know, online and and, online in the archive as well but um, that uh, that does wrap it up for today's uh, edition that Smokin' George Winters tickling the Ivories let me know it's time to head on down the hall to the living room after I make a few repairs and get some things posted but um, thanks for tuning in and thanks to the candidates from the 8th Ward that uh, primary is coming up August 3rd a little less than two weeks away and I hope people will, will get out and pick the candidates that that they like best to move on into the general election in November. Uh, Anyway, uh, see you Monday for uh, Christmas in July. Good night, everybody.
0: The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions.